Hey everybody! Happy Taco Tuesday! It is Taco Tuesday. It's me, Lady Ada. I had some tacos. Time for Descaladeada. With me is Mr. Lady Ada. Hello. You're a, little, you're a little hidden. You don't have a camera on you today, but that's no, okay. No one actually wants to see me anymore. No, you're just like a skunk bear. <laughs> uh, okay, so we got a show because I did a blog post like last night, three in the morning, that I sent to you, and you blogged this morning. Thank you for blogging. You know how to blog. I know how to blog. That's your job. And uh, it was about this new chip that was announced yesterday. Wow. I can blog. Do you want to talk about this chip? Yeah. We got Let's a bunch of stuff going chip. on here. So this is the Atmel SAMD 51 M4 series. It has some stuff on it that you like. This is nice. i pet it. Yeah. Yeah. It's SAMD, at SAMD 51J. You can tell this was done. This was uh, wrapped up before the microchip uh, merger completion. And yeah. you took this photo with your camera. Thank you. Yeah, this was with, uh, I've got a little macro lens for my iPhone, which is surprisingly good. Yeah, I'm excited about this chip. Usually I don't get into chips during release. Uh, the last time I was just excited about a chip release was the uh, 1890S1200. I had an engineer sample of that. Or no, sorry, the uh, ATtiny 2313, which was the successor to the 1890 S120, and so I really, um, I really like this chip because this is actually, you were there actually. It was at one Maker Fair go, when I was talking to um, Bob Martin, Bob Martin, and some microchip folks, and I said, you know, we're doing Circuit Python. We just started Circuit Python, and I was like, well, you know, we're fitting it onto the SAMD21, which is this Cortex M0 chip has. You know, 256K of flash, 32K of RAM, and we're like, it's kind of working, but I think I'm going to run out of memory and I'm going to run out of speed because you, this uh, MicroPython, which is what we based it off of, usually runs at like one megabyte of flash, 100K of RAM, you know, half a megabyte of flash, or, you know, 100 megahertz, or whatever. And I was like, I really like the SAMD21 because it's in the Arduino Zero. We've been using it in the Feather line very successfully, Metro M0. We have, you know, now we even have a Gemma M0. We have yeah. a Trinket M0 coming out. Yeah, we just so released this. We like this Cortex M0 chip. It's pretty sweet. Very fast. Like, it's, it's basically the same price as it at Mega32, but it's like 
full processor with a lot of power. But um, we wanted something a little bit more. We're like, look, you know, we want something with floating point DSP, Cortex M3 or M4 with more oomph because well, with Arduino, you don't really need it so much, but with Python, it does help because, you know, you're interpreting and you need a lot of RAM to hold your objects and you need Flash to store all your library code. And they're like, well, there's something coming out. We can't, can't talk about it yet, but, like, email us in a couple months. And so I emailed, like, around January, maybe, or, like, February. And they said, oh, you know, if you sign this NDA, we can give you um, a data sheet and some samples. And so it took a couple months. <laughs> But I did. I get. I got some samples in March, maybe or May, April, May, yeah. and we put together um, a couple boards with this really cool chip. And it was only announced yesterday, so we can finally talk about it publicly. Yeah. So like people are like, "What's this Feather M4 or Metro M4?" Or like I see folders or files. And uh, it runs. It will run. Will run. Will run. We have to port ASF4 because they they it. changed this substructure, but something Scott's working on. Yeah. And it's it's going to be for Circuit Python. Right now, we only have Arduino working for it. But we we got that pretty much going, almost completely. And then CircuitPython will probably take us, you know, the chips aren't even like fully, fully available. It's announced, but not uh, like 100% available. And then um, as they get, um, as they get more popular, we'll we'll make boards and ship them and and maybe people will help us with uh, porting like more Arduino libraries and stuff. It's almost the same chip as the SAMD21, but it's actually just bigger. Like, the peripherals are very similar. So I thought, um, if you want, we could go to, like, the page and look at some options for this chip. Yeah, we're there. Okay, so we're here. So let's look at the data sheet, which is 10 megabytes. It's huge. So you can download this. Do you want to hide me? Because I don't want to move your underwear. So this is... 30, thank you. 32-bit ARM Cortex-M4F. The F stands for... Uh, Fast? Uh, floating point unit. Oh. And um, one mega sample per second ADC. I don't know exactly why, like, that's a huge deal, but that's kind of a huge deal. It has dual uh, one mega sample per second 12-bit ADC. Has QSPI, so you can, like, store stuff on uh, SPI flash and access it very quickly. USB... There's an Ethernet version. It has capacitive touch. Let me just say something. Yeah. This data sheet is 1,731 pages. Yeah, they do good documentation. There's one thing that you, you're you not going to lack is a documentation. It's all there. You said find it. Runs at 120 megahertz. Although, you know what's interesting? When you connect with our Segger J-Link yeah. um, through Atmel Studio, it says 150 megahertz max. So I think you can overclock this. We're absolutely uh, going to overclock it. Huh? We're absolutely going to We're going to totally overclock it. Yeah, yeah why not? We're going to run at 200 megahertz. Um, has all the debug stuff, floating point unit. There's multiple versions. There's 256K, 512K, and 1 megabyte flash, and then 128, 192, 256 RAM. So it's like you get a lot more no matter what, although RAM is the big thing that they, they bumped up. And then there's like extra RAM too, or there's some like RAM correction code stuff. There's some like SRAM that I guess is in a backup mode. I don't know what that is. Uh, all the interrupts, serial debug, power supply modes. Oh, one thing that's really interesting is there's like a, a, a buck converter built in. So the core for the these ARM Cortex chips runs at 1.8 volts, but usually your VDDIO is 3.3, or at least that's why I do. I run it at 3.3 volts, and inside there's a linear regulator. Well, this chip actually has a little buck converter 
um, that you can use. It has a linear regulator, or you can use a buck converter. It probably saves you like a couple of milliamps. It might it might make a difference when you're in like super low power mode. So that's kind of nice. It's like built-in buck converter on the fly. You can on the fly select between the two. Um, has DMA, has a direct um, SD card memory access at high speeds. So you can, if you want, like to not like SPI mode, but like direct SDIO access, you can do that. QSI, uh, QSPI. I don't know if it's like you can store, it says execute in place. Can you like store like flash data in there? I don't know. Has Ethernet on the E series. I don't really care about that. Has a Mac. You still need a Fi. So I don't, you know, whatever. Um, USB full speed. Has host and device, eight endpoints. Has transceiver built in. Um, peripherals has like I squared C, SPI. More SPI, LIN, RS45, timers, real-time clock, watchdog timer, CRC generator, two I2S devices, a position decoder, so it's like a hardware rotor encoder support. Dual, so this is, I guess, the, it is kind of fun. You get dual 12 megabit, 12 bit, one megacent per second ADC, 16 channels each, so you can do stereo input and you, you sample at the same time. So you can like, you know, you can do high speed, Sampling, and because you have a floating point unit and you have um, DSP, because it's a Cortex-M4 has a DSP instruction set, you can actually do some pretty serious analog uh, analog input filter, and then you can actually do digital output as well. Um, dual one mega sample DAC, which is kind of nice too, so like stereo. One of the things I want to do is um, this chip is well fast enough. You know what's funny? Like my first computer was a Pentium 120, and now like I'm getting some microcontroller for 120 megahertz. Yeah kind of insane but um you know you can decode mp3s natively so having this do mp3 decoding yeah it'll take up some of, of time but then you'd have stereo out and in the legal. latest 2600 we talk about this because mp3 patents over it's so we can do it so we can do it we it's can do it i can distribute you, chips and you don't have to you don't have yeah. to pay a buck or two so sound effects sound filtering audio stuff i'm not like a huge audio person but i definitely like the idea of being able to play MP3s, um, you know, from a flash chip or from an SD card natively without having to get like a separate VS 1053. Not that it's like, you know, those are useful, but like if you can do it on chip, oftentimes, you know, if you're doing MP3, you're decoding, you're not going to be doing a ton of other stuff. If you're doing NeoPixels, you can DMA them, maybe some of the, um, um, you know, the, the flash management and reading data off of the SPI flash, you can do with DMA and then you could... You spend a lot of your cycles doing decoding, but um, it's still a pretty cool hack, and especially if you have stereo out at one mega sample per second. Also, do like yeah, like I said, like a lot of scientific analysis. You can like grab data so quickly, filter it, and send it back out. It could be good for um, like audio filters. Um, there's a temperature sensor built in. That's nothing new. There's this parallel capture controller, which is kind of interesting. So if you um, you know, there's like the JPEG cameras, but if you get a raw camera module. It's 8-bit um, RGB data in with like sync and uh, data enable and clock. So this basically allows you to get raw video in on an 8-bit um, bus. And the 8-bit, you know, the 8 bits is like 8 red, 8 green, 8 blue, and it kind of filters. And then you, you know, you do all of them in order. So this has the ability to do um, PCC parallel capture controller. You can only use a set number of pins. But you can hook that up to a camera and you can do like raw camera reads. And this, again, it's fast enough. It has DSP. You can do like video filtering. Not like hardcore video, but maybe, you know, like QVGA or something on the fly. Uh, same peripheral ca ca 
the touch control. It has a bunch of crypto stuff built in, AES, true random number generator, public key cryptography, um, library, which probably uses the floating point or, or DSP core to um, optimize it. Uh, looks like you can do SHA-1, SHA-256 with DMA assist, so you can stream data through encrypted or, or hash it. Um, probably good for if you're, you know, if you're doing Ethernet and you want to do like SSL or something, or you're doing Wi-Fi or some other radio and you want to have uh, encryption on the fly, this will do ya. And it's nice because you don't have to use all your processor cycles. And then, you know, crystals, um, phase lock loop, and then, you know, you can, you can drive things up to 200 megahertz. Um, another nice thing about this compared to the SAMD21 is it comes with a lot of pins. So it comes in a small 48-pin QFN, which is really quite small for a chip this powerful. It was actually looking and comparing to other chips in other families, STM and, and Kinetis. And a lot of them, it's like if you want something with this much flash or RAM, you had to get like in the BGA, like really big chips. Like physically, they're quite large. Because they're like, look, if you're going to give me this processor power, we're going to give you 100 pins. But this, like for example, this is the 68, this is a 64-pin QFN. It's not that big. And there's a TQFP version as well, so you can solder it. Not like it's not like a dip no. chip or SOIC. Here it is on the, on the Metro. Yeah, this is not on the Metro. And there's a, the reason I went with a 64 pin is I wanted to. Um, this goes on the Feather. Yeah, there's a Feather version, so it's almost drop-in compatible with the SAMD21, the 48 QFN, which is what we use on the Feather and the Metro. But I bumped up the version on the Metro to be a, a 68 pin, and then it just goes into like you know unending data sheet for like. Ridiculous, and then you know you can choose. There's different combos. You know you can have, you know, one with one megabyte of flash and 256k of RAM, or half a mega flash and 192k of RAM, or like all the way down to 256 and 128. So you can you know range up and down, depending on how much you want to pay. And of course, the the bigger packages tend to have more flash and more RAM, which is kind of neat because I want to make like a mega version, like an Arduino yeah. mega sized, which is you know which will run Circuit Python, and have like 80 pins. I thought that would be kind of cool. That'd be neat. That'd be cool. So this is a neat chip, and so I'm really excited because I was really hitting this like SAMD21, like it, it works, you know, circuit. SAMD-U-D-U-A. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, the, I was hitting, not like letting the limits, but it's like we were definitely feeling like, wow, it would be great to have, a, you know, a step up from the 21 um, with circuit Python. And um, one of the things I also really like is it's really well priced, and I put this in the article, but. Oh, I get, I get the pricing. Yeah, like, it, it's pretty good. Like, Microchip got pretty aggressive here. So, the SAMD21 G18, which is, you know, 48-pin QFN. What are they competing with? Like, the STMs? Or, like, what's got... They're competing with everybody. everybody. So this is, I think this is their first Cortex-M4 that I think is really meant for people to use. And seems very usable. Like, if they have the, they have the same peripherals as the SAMD21, those peripherals work great. The timers work great. Never had a problem. The CIRCOMs, I2C, SPI... It, you know, everything worked quite well with the UART. Never had any issues with those peripherals. You know, at Adafruit, instead of bug reports, we do hug reports every Friday. Um, you know, there's probably someone from Microchip, formerly known as Atmel, I was told. Um, Phil, I don't know if you know. I don't know if I knew. Anyways, uh, who did a really good job with this? What do you like about this? Who, who's a shout-out? Who's the hug report you want to... Um, the peripherals are really good. I like the circoms. The okay. reason I like the circoms is there's always been this, like, annoyance with... You know, you have like a fixed number of I squared C, fixed number of SPI, and like the pins are fixed. And what's nice about the circums is they kind of were like they, they kind of borrowed a little bit from the AT Tiny series where they had this USI, this universal serial module. And they're like, look, 
I squared C, C like you are SPI and, and I2C is like kind of the same. So let's have the same kind of module and you can like change pins around and we'll give you six. So like you have a lot of flexibility. If you want two hardware UARTs, you can do it and you can put them on almost any pin. Not every pin, but like nearly every pin. And then same with I squared C, you have a lot of flexibility where you want, you want multiple SPIs, you can do that too. And then if like you really need, you can have like four I squared C's or like three hardware UARTs and they're very easy to set up. So like you can just generate them whenever you want. So we have a guide on how to do that. And I do all the time whenever I'm like, oh, you know, um, like for example, on the um, Circuit Playground Express, I have two I squared C ports. One is for the internal accelerometer and one is external on the pads. And like I have the flexibility of like, you know, turning them around. Also on the, the Gemma, I have two pads that I switch, you can switch between I squared C and serial. And the CIRCOM lets you do that. You're, you just tell it like dynamically, like on compile, which one you want, and it just gives you those. And it's I, I like it a lot. I'm into I'm into that kind of peripheral okay. management. Timers are also really good. Um, like Phil B just did a really cool NeoPixel DMA thing with timers, and um, the waveform generator. Anyway, so it's all good. It's and it's pretty cheap. So yeah, like I was comparing the prices. So like if you compare it to no, no the STM32. Um, 405. So it's actually using the Pi board, which is like kind of what I was aiming for. Because I was like, I want something almost as fast as that. So this chip is 168 megahertz, um, up to a megabyte of flash, up to like 192k of RAM. You know, same kind of peripherals. It's got you know two. It's got triple uh, 2.4 mega sample ADC, and um, you can do like 7.2 mega samples and triple interleave, which I don't really need. And dual DA and, and DMA and all timers and all that. Wow, there's kind of like. 17 timers it's ridiculous a lot of timers so this is like a kind of intense chip but what i'm really looking for is like the speed the flash and the ram mostly actually the speed and the ram I, the other stuff is not as important but i need speed to be able to run the interpreter fast and ram to have as much object space as you want and flash you know as long as there's a reasonable amount it's good and then i also looked at um so if you look at this chip and you look at it on octopart um, you know, it's nine bucks, nine nine fifty, maybe ten dollars. Looks like, depending on how much flash you want with it, but like about nine dollars. Um, looks like Verical. They they sell um, old stock, so maybe. Oh wait, there's multiple different sh sizes. Oh, I need to know which one I want, huh? Oh, I don't even know. But it looks like seven eight dollars or so. And then um, I also compared to the uh, the chip that's using the Teensy, the Kinetis MK20DX, which is also Cortex M4, but it's slower and has like less flash. So this is the Teensy 3.2 chip, but um, I really do like that chip. I, I use the Teensy a lot. And so this chip is like, you know, 510, 550, 510 or so. And then if you compare it to the um, equivalent chip on the at SMD side, it's like three fifty or you know four dollars. So it's a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars less, and it has it's you know faster and more. So I'm I'm kind of like looking out for this. That's, that's why I was very excited. I was like, ooh, this is going to be really good for me okay. because I want to get the circuit. You know, I want to be able to sell the Metro M4 for like 20 or $25, so I can't spend $8 on the chip because like then I have no more money left in the bill of materials for PCBs, parts, connectors, assembly cost, yield. So having the chip be 3 or $4 is important. You can't, you can't hit 
the $20, $25 price if you don't have a chip that costs that little. So that was like super important to me. Okay. Is there any questions? Or? Nope, keep going. Nobody cares. Okay, fine by me. So that's that was that so far. Um, so I can show a quick demo. Yeah. So I've got the uh, Metro M4. So we actually started by, um, we took it actually, because it's almost pin compatible. We ended up taking a Metro M0 and just swapped the chip out. And then you just need to add like a capacitor and a resistor just to like, you know, make it, it's not, it's not a drop in, drop in compatible. It's like this almost exactly, but like two pins are different and you have to like change the power supply a little bit. So I ended up designing a new board and then I ended up going from the 48 QFN here to a 68 QFN. One, it doesn't matter, the space is fine, but because we use like extra pins for the um, flash chip and I had the NeoPixel, and then we lose one pin because there's a buck converter. It ended up being like, I was actually like one or two pins short and I don't like sharing the single wire debug pins. So I ended up just saying, look, you know what? It's, let's just bump up to the next big size. And this one can do one megabyte of flash. Whereas the QFN smaller one only does half. So this way I can have like the mega circuit Python setup. And um, so it's cool, you know, you got the blue LED, we have the bootloader ported to it, which wasn't too bad. Um, the only we, big changes we made, you can look at our GitHub repo for the changes we committed. Um, so a lot of it's just clocking, because you know you have more clocks and you're running this at 120 megahertz, so there's a little bit, there's a little bit more peripheral management. Nothing huge, just like, you know, we had to go in and like fix a couple of peripheral setup things to, to get the peripherals going. But after that, the register names were almost always the same, and the registers themselves are almost identical. A lot of code just kind of worked. So this is a Blink sketch. So you want to go to the computer. So I've got the um, the Metro M4, 7051. It's is in a branch. And uh, we can upload this through the Arduino IDE. Okay, maybe I'll, while it's compiling, I'll, I'll show the, uh, the same. If you want to check it out, um, this is in the SAMD51 branch. So just go there and then you can see, like there's not that many commits. Like really, Dean actually did almost all of this um, to, to get it up going up on the SAMD51 and started okay, one, like- One question when yeah. you get a chance later. Can you talk about the roadmap of the M4 boards? Like what type of board do you think you're gonna have? I'm probably going to just slowly, you know, I'm gonna start with like the Feather Express for circuit python like and you know come to the ram and uh, the flash chip and neopixel the metro m4 express and then i'll probably do some more feathers and then you know i was thinking about like a gem or a trinket but it's actually kind of like a challenge because they don't make the chip very small yeah so i have to go to the bga chip and it's like it's like a 0.4 millimeter maybe, BGA. maybe we'll make a slightly larger trinket yeah slightly larger gemma i'm going to explore that one's last and then um, Circuit Playground Express M4. I'll probably make one of those as well, yeah, and like then slowly a, a, transition. A mega to sized. A mega, yeah. I want to make a mega sized one. That's yeah. definitely something I want to do that we didn't do with the um, Sandy Twenty One because they yeah. never made a Sandy Twenty One with enough pins. Yeah. The the Cortex M Zero they only had up to, I think like a, this forty eight pin chip. I don't think they made it. Or maybe no, they made one a little bit larger. They made a sixty eight pin one, but yeah. it was like not enough pins to fill out a mega. Do you, do you see? Uh, CMD51 with Bluetooth, with Wi-Fi, do you see any of that? I think, you know, we would pair them up, like, with a shield or an add-on. I'm hoping that um, Microchip makes, you know, 
takes a, takes a, a hint from Nordic oh, yeah. and makes something with Bluetooth built in. But I think, I think for the M4 Bluetooth stuff, we'd go with Nordic, which, you know, is not, it's not out yet. So they're, yeah. they're native USB one, but, um, we're slowly we're working so close, on, yeah. yeah, we're like slowly working on, it. I think native USB, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, something M4 level. That's where, that's where it's at. I like the Nordic, but I, th I still want to have the SAMD 51 as, as, as a possibility because, you know, if you want to put on a board, you don't need Bluetooth. It is a lot less expensive, you know, than, than the NRF. You're, you're going to pay a couple dollars oh, more for someone Bluetooth. Someone wants to know, uh, a Circuit Playground Express M4 bigger with 12 NeoPixels IoT. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the compact size. Part of it is just like trying to keep that price. Yeah. You know, it's like you can always make something bigger and more and more, but then it's like it never, it never really ends. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can look at the commits and like see the kind of stuff we did. A lot of it was um, just setting up like we had, to, we had to include like the Simpsons files, and just like we changed. Oh, how well is PWM integrated? I think we got PWM working. I can try it. The only thing is, I'll warn you, the variant for this board isn't done. So I only, we like literally just got like the, put together this morning. And we're like, yeah, we have to do a variant. But we got tone working, DAC output, analog read, high speed. We got USB working. Yeah. Um, but we haven't, um, I don't have everything working yet. Okay, so let me... Oops, I forgot to select the port. Hold on. What do you want to do next? Well, I was going to show this... Um, Did it blink? Upload thing and then blink. And I was going to do a GPI demo, but just give me a second, because okay. I have to. Yeah, we have an oscilloscope tonight. Sometimes the bootloader doesn't kick in. or The USB is a little bit... It works. We're not sure why sometimes, like, when you power it up, it doesn't enumerate immediately. All right, so this is blank. So you can go to the overhead and I'm gonna show you blank. It just blinks. blank. Okay, so that's blank, so you're good. And then let's um, just make it blink faster. So we'll go to um, 100 milliseconds between blinks. We can say for sure this is the first time live on the internet this has been done. The same, I don't think it, I don't even. Yeah, this is the first time. This I'm not even it. convinced that microchip has a video. This is it right now here. Why is it not? All of you live viewers, you're part of something very special. Hmm. My computer's also really weird about COM ports. Like, after, you know what? Like, after all this, like, TI software I installed, it's never quite been the same. It's, like, traumatized. Yeah. Okay, so now it's faster, so you can go to the overhead. So now you got blinking, blink, 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 blink. high speed. Okay, so it's fast. But then we're like, okay, well, it's how, how fast can we go? So let's just do digital rights. Can do cap touch. Can do cap touch. It can do cap touch. It has built-in hardware cap touch. It has built-in. And I'm 99% sure that my reverse-engineered code will just work, so just Ooh. use my free touch library. It does it, and it's free. It's free. It's open source, and it's free. Because I got that. That's how we got it. Um, capacitive touch on the um, Circuit Playground and an Arduino for the um, Gemma and Trinket. Is we used. Uh, we have to use free touch. Okay, okay, so now you can't even see the LED because it's so fast. So let's go to the Compi. Sorry, the um, Oscilloscope. Thank you. So let's zoom in. And then, so it looks like we can get, you know, about um, 500, sorry, 500 kilohertz. So that's just right, digital right, digital right, high, digital right, low. So that, you know, the thing is about that is you're going through the entire Arduino core to do that. And so it's a little sluggish. So what we want to do is actually um, write manually. 
So we can do that. We can skip the Arduino stuff. And then let me see. I have this old sketch. Sometimes I feel like skipping the Arduino stuff. I skip the Arduino stuff. Sometimes I feel like it that. is, I keep forgetting the exact command. Oh, it's port group 0A. So if you looked at the schematic for this, pin 13 is on PA21. So that's D13. So uh, you can just see the schematic here. Working on, working on this. So PA21, D13. So to um, set this pin high, we can do outset equals 121. And this is kind of the manual way of toggling the bits. So we'll do outset and then out clear. It's kind of nice. That's what I like about ARM chips is you have outset, out clear. You set the bit. It clears it if you set it to one or sets it if set to one. So it's tidy. Very tidy. Very, very clean. All right, so let's try uploading this, and then we'll look at the scope. Upload, upload. What's funny is it because the flash is so big, it's a megabyte of flash, it takes a while to um, to erase it. Hey. So when Dean was working on it, he's like, you had to, he had to increase the timeout because it errored out because it was like, why is it taking oh, yeah. two seconds to erase the flash? It's like, you have a megabyte of flash. So let's... Um, zoom in all right so now um we're much faster we're about 3.7 megahertz or so over there and one of the things you notice is that you know there's a spike there's this like fast spike and then it's um you know flat it's not like a square wave because once it leaves the loop you know there's a loop and so once you leave the loop there's um this arduino you know management usb management that, that takes over so let's um, while one this, so we, we don't use we don't do that, and then upload this version. But anyway, we're doing quite well, you know, just like pin toggling, getting four megahertz almost. You know, with more and more flash, you'd eventually have to move to something like. Circuit Python, anyways. You don't want to be doing this all the time. This is yeah. Well, look, yeah. when megabyte flash means you're using like an RTOS, yeah, or something ridiculous. Okay, so now we got rid of the Arduino leftover stuff, and now we're doing eight megahertz GPIO toggles, but there's still a little bit of delay there because we are there's still a loop, and um, I guess you know there's there's uh, I, I was reading about the ARM Cortex and four, but there's there's some pipelining. So it takes quite a few cycles to, to get out of the loop. So what I'm going to do is we're going to change this to be out toggle. And then I'm going to like totally just cheat and we're just going to unroll this loop. So I'm just writing a toggle, so it'll just toggle back and forth um, each instruction. But it'll do it a bunch and then it'll loop so you'll see like, you know, how fast the GPIO can toggle without doing, you know, loop management and stuff. There you go. So now you can see there's like, you know, the fast oh, speed yeah. and then the, the delay. So then if we zoom in, we get 30 megahertz. So that's actually as fast as you're going to go because it's 120 megahertz clock. And so there's two cycles to pull up, two cycles to go down. So it's two cycles per GPIO. And that's as fast as you can go. You're, now we're spending two cycles to set a pin and, and lower a pin. But this is as low as you get. You can't you can't do single cycle. It seems you can only do two cycles. But that's still very very fast, um, like way faster than the SAMD21, which even at, you know it had a, a high speed mode, but um, the generic 
GPIO port access is only, um, I think it was like seven or 10 cycles. So this is um, super fast, very nice to see. Make clean output too, which I like. So that's, that's high speed. So that's my proof that's running at 120 megahertz. Okay. Yay. What else do you want to do? I, that's it, unless there's a request. All right. Ask your questions in the chat, folks. Yeah, we're on the Discords. We're on YouTube. We're on the YouTube. Twitch, Discord, Periscope. Um, I'll probably just upload the video to Facebook. Mm. Facebook doesn't like live broadcasting in the yeah. same way the others do. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay. That's sad. What is the purpose of achieving such a high frequency? Um, well, and if you're why would you, and why would you use it? If you're processing a lot of data, you need, you need a like lot what? of cycles. Like um, if you're doing, you know, video or data analysis, <clears throat> if you're, um, especially with DSP, it sounds like you know you could you could use this to drive a like a radio or audio devices or even videos, small video devices. It can do camera capture, so you could do like camera video processing. Like I said, it can decode MP3s because it's fast enough to do that, um, like on the fly. Um, for me, having it, the extra cycles really help with Circuit Python because with Circuit Python, it's interpreted, so it's like not you know you don't get GPIO direct access. You have to go through the Python interpreter. So having a four times speed up really makes a big difference because um, there's so much overhead when you're using an interpreted language on a chip. Okay. Um, which chip are you going to put on the Circuit Playground Express? Probably um, the SAMD51 G19, which is a half a mega flash and like 192K of RAM, but I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, do you know when, when do you think we're going to have some of these boards in the store? The thing is that I did order a reel of chips a while ago, but technically they don't ship till November. So this might be a Christmas gift. But what if everyone tweets at Microchip Makes on Twitter and say, make sure Adafruit gets some of these chips because you should do that. we just saw this thing and we really want it. And you should do that because I told them, hey, if you guys give me a reel of chips early, I'm not giving them, I'm buying them, right? Like I'm giving them cash money. But if I get these chips out early, we can get people developing. Cause like, you know, we did a bunch of Arduino stuff, but there's like infinite libraries that can be tested and, yeah. and different projects that people want to build. And we want to get, again, we want to get this into the hand of circuit, circuit Pythonistas. So hopefully, you know, I ordered 4,000 of each chip. If you, e if you email or tweet at them, maybe, maybe we can get them to send me a reel early because as soon as I get a reel, I'll make the hardware. Because the hardware, as you can tell, the hardware design is done. Here's a suggestion for the name, name for the Metro Mega Gotham. Um, okay. Next up. We got more questions. If you're going to make the mega format board, does the chip have the UARTs for multiple serial interfaces and enough digital analog GPIO? Or by mega, do you mean larger rather than mega 2560 format? No, think? it would be like a ch big chunky chip. But if you look at the data sheet for the SAMD 50, um, the SAMD 51. big chunky board? The one, the one I want to use is the 100 pin TQFP. And it's got um, pin count. Hold on. So this is all the pins that you get. So you just get like a ridiculous number of GPIO. I think you get like, you know, 20 ADCs or 30 ADCs. You get those two DACs. Um, interrupts on every pin. Um, you know, the parallel controller, waveform outputs. You get, I think, eight circums on the 100 pin. Trying to remember. 
I think you get, on the big chips, you get eight circoms. So you could have up to eight I squared C SPI serial. So that's, you know, very, com yeah, so you get eight because there's circum um, seven here. This is a, this data sheet kind of combines everything together. It's a little bit like uh, you have to see which what's available, but you'd have you'd have definitely enough GPIO to do anything you wanted, high speeds, a lot of flash, a lot of RAM. So I think it would be that would be really good for Circuit Python because you'd be able to build like anything. Okay. Uh, is there any plans to build a separate Bluetooth wing so we can pair with any baseboard? I'm not sure yet. Um, maybe. Um, it might be it might be a blue fruit, like a fifty one um, Bluetooth. The thing is, is that you know the NR fifty two has Bluetooth, so like a lot of people just use that. I don't I don't know exactly whether people really want or need an external Bluetooth device. But I am kind of getting excited to like you know ditch the at, the at Mega three thirty two U four baseboards. I mean I'll carry them, but I really want to push people towards the M zero and then the M four. It's going to be the same price. And um, so much more powerful. Like, there's not really any comparison. What's the board that might have, like, all the pins and functionality put out to headers or pins so they can maximize the chipset potential? Would Probably that be the, the mega version. The mega version. It's going to be just enormous. I think it's, like, AEGPIO. But the 100, it had, there is a 100-pin version of this chip, so I can do it. And it would be, like, better and faster than the DUA, and it would be less expensive and, like, not as flaky. Yeah. Yeah, because it would have like a more durable peripheral set. Like so far, like people using the Zero, I like using the Zero, and like I've not heard any issues or concerns with the M Zero series boards. Yeah. Like we've kind of nailed down all the bugs, you know, all the the major um, libraries work. Another thing that's important is a lot of people in the community are using it. Like I see Kickstarters and projects. Yeah. And like uh, contest entries that use the M Zero, it it. Get, promotes the idea that hey, make sure your library works with this chip. Yeah. Um, how can you check the difference from the last version of the Atmel chip? I guess is there a comparison chart maybe? Or There's something? not. Yeah. You'd have to open up both data sheets and just look at them. I, I mean, they might have a, a, a like a selection set up in um, on microchip, but I, I couldn't quite figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I just like I just know the Sandy Twenty One so much. I'm like, oh, this is different. This is different because they don't have this. And yeah. Yeah. Sorry, the YouTube chat was like down, but it's back. Okay. Sorry for the folks who didn't get your questions answered. Just type them again in YouTube chat. Sorry. Um, does the bootloader for the Sandy Twenty One E Eighteen exist? Yeah, it's the same bootloader we use for the G Eighteen. It's okay. actually the E Eighteen. The G Eighteen is the same chip, just one has less pins. Um. Next. Uh, what Arduino boards can run Circuit Python? Right one. now, all of our M0 baseboards can yeah. run. So the Metro M0, the Feather M0, um, the Express boards, the Trinket M0, and the Gem M0. Trinket M0 is coming out soon. The Gem oh, M0. what's the tweet handle again? At Microchip Makes. Yeah, Microchip Makes. I'll just be like, hey. Hey. It's at Microchip. He's going to like exert a little bit of peer pressure. I know. I think they're getting me to wheel as fast as they can. I don't think Use the social media. I don't think. Well, but it's good to tweet at them anyways because then they can have, like, engagement. Yeah. Um, can connect with the brand. Is it possible to run Python on Arduino Uno? Not really. No, you cannot. Not you need really. at least 16K of RAM. There's absolutely no way to do it with less. And that that's the NRF. 51 and it's like it works but like it's really minimal there's like a 32k is like Sorry, necessary 
16K is like bare bones. Yeah, there's no boards made by Arduino CC that runs Python right now. Um, is that true? The Arduino Zero, we, we don't have a port for it, but you could make a variant for it. Yeah. And try it. We don't like could, support yeah. it, but you could on the Arduino Zero. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think you could. I mean, you wouldn't get like the file system management because you wouldn't have the SPI flash and stuff. Yeah, if you had uh, questions in the um, in the YouTube chat, just post them again because like YouTube was acting weird. Okay, ZM zero M four boards have a combined HID keyboard and mouse library like the three two four boards. Yep, the M zero does already. <coughs> called pluggable USB, and I think okay. the SAMD uh, the fifty one. It's something on our list. It will work. I'm not worried about that because we got we've got USB serial working great. And the bootloader works great, so USB is like working. Uh, it's just a matter of um, just checking to make sure that you know all the setup is correct. Are the two I squared C bidirectional audio? The chip would be great for audio filtering. It does I2S, and yeah, I believe there's a two totally separate. Let me check. It says I2S, I2S. Yeah, there's two. Looks like there's two bidirectional ones. There's RX0, RX1. We linked to this data sheet, by the way. TX0, TX1. Yeah. I believe there's two There's two full um, I2S peripherals. I mean, there's two I2S peripherals on the um, 7021, but it's common to have two. So you can do like bi-directional, bi-directional. Uh, do we have any dev boards with any Cortex-A? Oh, is that the, um, is that the FPGA thing? I don't, I don't know of that. But I know that there's a couple weird Cortex chips. I don't, unless you mean like the, the, the 7 series, the ones that like run uh, Linux. There's like, there's the only ones that I've really worked with are the M0s through the M4s. At this yeah. point, Microhex says technically the Raspberry Pi three is a quad Cortex A five three. Oh yeah, it's it's look, it's this you know just the bigger chip and it runs very very fast. Like the Cortex line runs from the M zero, which is you know yeah. pennies and you know low speed up to you um, know running your phone or running a Raspberry Pi. So also, which has more features? I do Arduino IDE or Arduino Create Arduino IDE right now because Create is right now the IDE is is more featureful. Yeah. Because you you just have the desktop software, you can do more. Older. Yeah, someone said they want to run a they want to run a three D printer using a mega size Metro. Yeah, that'll solve. Oh, problems. like a, a mega size Metro M four would be amazing for three D printing. Yeah, it would be so fast. Okay. Although, do you really need like I, I mean, is Circuit it because you need wrap. is it because you need the pins? Maybe it's just physically. Yeah, if you need the pins, then yeah, because it, if it's just speed or flash, the the Metro will do it. But I think yeah, you probably need. Like a bunch of 3D print. printers used to run megas. Yeah, they were like ramps boards. It's been a long yeah. time. You could probably run it all in Python, which would be ridiculous, <laughs> but you are, could do are it. Are we and Arduino friends again? We were never not friends. We're, we're friends with everybody. Yeah. We weren't, um, we didn't know the former CEO that well, but um, he's gone now. He's not inviting us so, to any parties, that's for sure. Yeah. I actually emailed with Massimo and Arduino today and during the week. Congra I congratulated them on their successful reclaiming oh, of their company. Here's a good comparison chart. Let's look at this. So this is the, the comparison chart. So yeah, I want to go with like the SAMD 51N, which is a megabyte of flash, 256K RAM, 100 pin TQFP. It's really small. And then um, for, the, for the mega sized one, and it has eight circoms, 
eight timers, two compare channels, and then like two or three more other compare channels. It's I2S, USB, two SD card slots, 14-bit parallel capture, and then it has 81 GPIO pins, and there's one with 99 GPIO pins too. Has uh, 16 ADC channels on one and 12 channels on the other, so it's a total of um, 28. Uh, lots of capacitive stuff, and then tamper pins. I don't know what that is, some security thing. But yeah, it's good place to be plenty. We good. I like it. So yeah, the, the smaller ones have six circums, and the big ones have eight. Good circum time. Okay. Um, let's see what else. That's everything. Yeah, okay, cool. Does All right, well, we'll have Ask an Engineer tomorrow. I'll be wrapping up my... Yeah, um, I'll chat out the same things a little bit. Yeah, I'll be wrapping up some Arduino news, a bunch of other news, a bunch of other stuff. I could try to do it analog right with this. You want to do it? Well, right. somebody asked, and now I'm kind of like, I think oh. it works. So maybe I'll um, do this. And then uh, analog right LEDI. Um, mega footprint has a lot of free space. Anything go in the middle? SD card. Yeah, I could probably um, put SD card, and maybe you know would have an SPI flash. SD card, NeoPixel. Yeah. I don't know what else. <laughs> like, there's physical space, but I don't know if I want to. I don't like to add tons of of extra add-ons for like no reason. Yeah. SD card's pretty inexpensive, and you can get ones that they flip up, so it's yeah. like not in the way. Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, just add Wi-Fi. Okay, so let's look at. Oops, sorry. Why did I open the USB? So let's look at the um, scope. Scope. Let's see if PWM works. Oh yeah, it looks like it works. It's like really fast. Let me add a little bit more delay. So bottle, yeah, we need to get opener. we need to get PWM working. Put a bottle opener on it. A bottle opener? Yeah, a bottle opener. Why would I put a bottle opener on it? Oh, you know, for the for the millennials. Oh, on the Mega, yeah. Yeah. I could put, like, some cool art. Yeah. Cartoon characters, maybe? RFID antenna. Yeah, I could do RFID. Okay, yeah, so now I've got PWM going. So you can see. So, yeah, we got PWM output on this, and then we got the dual DAC working, although... There's a bit of an errata on the dual DAC. You have to connect AREF to 3.3 volts, which is a little bit weird. Silicon AREV, probably fix Silicon BREV. Yeah. Uh, but there's PWM working. So yeah, I mean, we got the basics working with stuff. So we'll get it all cleaned up a little bit more and then um, ship it probably, you know, October, November, like, as soon as I get chips and maybe people can help um, make projects, try it out, hack yeah. on things. Yeah, so get ready, everybody. Check out the GitHub. Check out everything that's going on. We'll be doing Ask an Engineer tomorrow. Yay! Show and, and tell. Uh, yeah, show and tell. And uh, Noah Pedro and all this stuff is going on. Yes. To play us out tonight, I have a 30-second clip from Nine Inch Nails. We went to Nine Inch Nails on Sunday. My goth boy. It was good. So we'll play ourselves out. We were just watching it. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.